listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 548. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our exploration of the Netflix speculative series, Black Mirror. You know, I, I, I was wondering whether this is really science fiction. I guess it is. I mean, it's clearly speculative fiction. It's clearly genre. Yeah, but- it's it's not far. I think uh, Alan from England had said, like, you know, it's just taking stuff that's actually already here and just pushing it a little bit into the future, like with the contacts in their eyes so they can see what other people are rated. You know, that's that's new. I mean, that's something that we don't really have. But uh, there's a lot of familiar stuff in this episode. Yeah, it's funny. I'm still reading Agency, book two of the uh, Jackpot series. And I can't remember if this was in peripheral or not, but you know, in the future with Wilf and Lowbeer, they, they've got some sort of implant where all they do is touch their teeth yeah. with their tongue. Yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely in peripheral. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Tough yeah, to I con- kind of convert that to the TV show, though, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. Although, you know, like so many shows now, you, you see how they handle texting where they'll put it up on the screen as sort of like a little overlay, right. which is a cool way to do it. I mean, I, 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 I mean, you have to do it somehow. I mean, texting has become too ubiquitous right. in this society. And- you just imagine the frustration of teachers in, in that world, in the jackpot world. Students can just operate basically texting by moving their tongue around their mouth, you know. Could never catch well, his kids. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so anyway, all right. Well, why don't we jump right into things? Uh, what I'm watching, uh, yeah, as I've said, I'm still reading book two of the Jackpot series. I'm about 150 pages in and still really enjoying it. But I finished Berlin, which is the Money Heist prequel that, of course, came out after Money Heist. And I really liked it. I, I think you liked it a lot more than I liked it. My wife really liked it, which I thought, okay, that's that's cool. Um, so we're romantic but, souls, and so we, we recognize that in Berlin. Yeah. Now, we started watching this uh, series that I've kind of had my eye on. I believe it's on PBS through Prime Video or whatever called The Lady in the Black Veil. regardless i'm not even going to get into the uh the plot story but it's an italian drama and you know i'm i'm watching i'm watching i'm like wait a minute that's tokyo so okay so the actress that plays tokyo um god her last name is corbera i can't think of her first name she speaks english spanish and clearly now she speaks italian i'm thinking like all right, now all you got to do is kill somebody in this episode, but no, uh, no, that's not uh, her character in this show. Uh, so, too bad. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. I mean, it, it came out about maybe three or four years before Money Heist. Okay. So she looks, I'm, well, hell, she looks young in Money Heist, although I guess her character is supposed to be about 32 because she's 15 years older than Rio. And I think we learn he's 19 or 20, so she's supposed to be, I guess, 34, which, okay, I guess. Yeah, that's but, a stretch, maybe. All right. That is a stretch. <laughs> we'll but uh, uh, We just watched a series where, you know, um, you know, the Alfred was, 
you know, his daughter, the you know, the actor playing his daughter was probably maybe just a couple years younger than the actor playing the father. So, you know. Yeah, we, we can deal you know, with let it. Let it go. But, yeah. Yep. Uh, anyway, what are you watching? Well, the first one, I don't know if you've seen this movie, Dave, yet, but I know you're going to want to watch it, and that is Gran Turismo. Yeah, I still haven't. I've been playing the game a lot lately, yeah. but... Uh, well, that's cool because, you know, like, you know, you play the game enough. Maybe you get the shot that this young man had. But if you've seen any kind of underdog story or, you know, Top Gun, Days of Thunder, I mean, this is basically the same thing of, you know, um, except, well, Top Gun, he's already skilled at what he does. Whereas this kid, the kid has to kind of learn the trade of a, uh, it's about a, a young man in Wales who plays his video game, Gran Turismo, a lot. And uh, some guy played by Orlando Bloom comes up with this idea of let's get the absolute best game players and put them in actual cars and make a racing team out of them. And, uh, that, of course, that sounds like a ludicrous idea. And almost everyone told him it was. But it was just plucky enough to, to make it work. And uh, so, um, you know, it was, a, it was a good movie. You know, like there was... The, the the racing scenes were were awesome, and uh, there's one scene in particular um, that is just like I mean I like I like it was like I gasped like audibly because of the realism of it. Uh, the guy who the movie's about actually uh, was his own stunt double for all the racing scenes and everything, which I thought oh, okay. that was pretty cool as well. So now now full disclosure in real life he didn't kill anybody. Oh. I, I did read in the movie that he has some kind of accident and a spectator gets killed or something. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the that part I was talking happen. about. The the, the accident. Oh. I was just like, holy, oh my god! Like uh, the, the how they filmed. I don't know how they filmed that. Honestly, it is unbelievable. It is incredibly realistic. I don't know how they did, it, but it's it is. It blew me away that that one scene. Well, that's good to know. But my uh, my wife and daughter actually enjoyed it as well. My daughter thought she would not. She was very much against watching it in the first place, but she really liked it by the end. Uh, the other, I don't have a theme like I had last week, Dave, but the other show was kind of retroactively thematically linked. Uh, I finally watched uh, Devs on Alan from Minnesota's recommendation. And it's basically about, a, we start with a young couple working for this, kind of high tech but you know very kind of secretive type company he is killed it happens early on so don't feel it's a, a spoiler and her investigation into his death uh leads her into discovering what this company is all about and they're basically kind of toying with it's not time travel it's but they are toying with the future and reality and uh it is about as alan had said before about free will and or the lack thereof uh do we exercise it uh i don't know if the the show actually answers that really 100 percent, one way or the other at the end it was especially as a psychological philosophical type show it was very engaging um there was a lot of action i almost stopped watching it uh about halfway through the first episode because the the first episode especially is so slow <laughs> you know like you just see like a couple waking up and going about their day and everything like just having breakfast 
taking the train into work, stuff like that. I just like, oh God, really? <laughs> like, um, I'm not really gaining sympathy for this couple by seeing them together, you know, nor does this information seem to really bear much you know, interest for me or, or need, uh, narratively speaking. So, and there are some parts that are pretty slow, but there's also some really good parts. There's some funny parts, a lot of good drama. My recommendation for it is, you know, I would give it maybe like a seven out of 10, maybe, uh, you know, ideas wise, 10 out of 10, um, execution, maybe seven out of 10. So, but worthwhile. And thank you for the recommendation, Alan. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to Black Mirror. Episode one of season three titled Nosedive, written by Michael Schur and Rashida Jones, who we know from Parks and Rec. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, at least I know yeah. from Parks and Rec. Have you ever yeah, seen yeah, yeah, Parks yeah. and Rec? I've seen probably about five okay. to seven or eight episodes. Also, they worked on The Office, right? I believe. I could be wrong about uh, that. I mean, Rashida uh, Jones was on The Office. I don't know if she wrote for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, directed by Joe Wright, released October 26, 2016. Um, dude, I, you know, I'm really reluctant to talk about this episode, which, by the way, uh, thanks to the little red line under the Netflix episode, I did see this. And unlike uh, USS uh, Callister, I remembered a lot of this one. As I said last week, I didn't remember Callister hardly at all. Uh, Doesn't detract from my enjoyment of this episode, but I I don't want to say something that's going to hurt somebody's feelings because, uh, you know, while I have a Facebook page, as do you, and I'm sure you're like me, you get, you know, requests from former students to uh you know get for you to accept them as a friend and as i was saying to my wife the other day i'm gonna go ahead and accept them they're just gonna be disappointed because i never post anything (laughs) yeah i mean the only things i post on facebook are in the podcast group and you know kind of you know i use it as a messaging tool with uh you know you and and uh scott and uh, fred and and you know people related to the podcast and um, you know, the woman that cuts my hair, <laughs> that's how I schedule my appointments. Nice. Um, you know, so good for birthdays. I, I, yeah. So I, I'm not like, you know, posting pictures of what I had for lunch. So did you, you know, never go one, through that phase where you would take pictures no, of your food? I don't, I don't know if I did ever. I, I know at some point I, I at least once took a picture of my food and, and said, that. and sometimes if I make something like really cool, like the first time, like I made like, um, I, I, I smoked chicken wings or something like that. I probably took pictures of that. I don't know if I, I did that when I was in that. college, but um, <laughs> I don't I anymore. Yeah. Well, not that kind, but you know, oh, okay. um, so I don't know. I, I, at some point I probably did, but yeah, like nowadays I don't really like outside of occasionally, popping in on the the facebook group i really don't uh, do a lot every now and then i'll swing through and like a couple things of people bragging about their kids and stuff but other than that yeah so you know obviously this episode really takes a hard stance with where we could be headed and to a certain extent you could even argue we're already there Maybe, 
So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into well, it. I'm just, just like, at the, at the start, I just want to say, I, I see, like, I think we are already there, even though, like, the mechanisms are different. Do we already have a class of people who already have the advantages, but yet um, uh, continue be, because simply their, their station, their, how much money they make, whatever, they have, are given an extra boost by society, Right, those who need it the least get the most of the boost, and those who who need to that boost the most receive the least help. Yeah, of course, exactly. And you know, it's funny because I joke with my wife periodically. I used to post in forums a lot more than I do now. Now I frequent an Orioles forum and a Ravens forum, but. I don't post really very much, but the the big joke is uh, I'll tell my wife, you know, I just posted something and nobody's responded and it's like three minutes have gone by. Should I delete my post? <laughs> you know, it, it's like, if you're not going to like my post, then there must be something wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and we don't get a sense in this episode about what percentage of the population actually engages in this active rating system. I mean, certainly... Lacey and her universe, you know, you know, they're certainly involved. Her brother, you know, claims to not really think it's that big a deal. But as she points out, well, you know, you say that, but, you know, you and your gaming buddies and his rating is low, but it's still 3.7. Uh-huh. It's not like the trucker that picks her up. I think that woman's was like 1.2 or something like that. So we don't get a sense of really how many people, um, you know, do this. But as I was thinking about it earlier in the day, is it fair to say in this universe that it's likely the higher the rating, the more despicable the human being? Uh, um, yeah. I, well, I mean, for sure, uh, probably. But I, I don't know if despicable, bleh, despicable would be the word maybe so much as fake, you know, inauthentic. Um, Because, you know, know, Nene uh, points out when Lacey is appalled that the only reason Nene asked her to be in her wedding was because she thought it'd play well with her numbers as like a charity case. Uh, Nene replies, oh, you know, you're playing the numbers just the same. And she's right. You know, so yeah. there's like equal amounts of despicability for both of them, even even though they're, you know, not um, they're they're pretty far apart in their ratings. Well, that, that's true, and 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 even to the point where she chastises her brother for you know his, I guess, chastising her for you know being so concerned and and. You know, he mocks the the fact that she wants to live in, uh, you know, this nice community, but of course she doesn't have a high enough rating to get the discount. And without the discount, she can't really afford it. I, I guess one of the fundamental questions I guess we're expected to ask, and of course we ask it about Lacey, but I suppose we could ask it about anybody. How low is she willing to go to raise her rating? And it seems pretty far. 
Well, you know, to 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 the point where she debases herself at the wedding, or does she? Do, do we look at the fact that you know she's had an epiphany? I, yeah, I think I don't know if the epiphany one hundred percent happens until the, like the very end when she finally takes the dress off when she's in the jail cell. Um, because you're right, she is. She's just so. She's like determined, right? There's like Lacey has like this kind of actually heroic quality about her, in that she is absolutely goal oriented and focused on this one thing that she kind of builds up a little bit in her mind, obviously, as as solving all her problems, and she just can't let it go, and she will go to any. You see the lengths that she goes to to make it happen. To that degree, you know, she, as I said, I think she's kind of a, a heroic figure. Um, but as you said, what she ends up doing is debasing herself, right, um, in the end. And it's not till she's done that, till she's reached, like, rock bottom that she realizes that she's free. Right. And, I mean, obviously, we all want to be liked, and, and there's nothing fundamentally wrong with you know conducting yourself in a manner that people end up liking you the question always becomes well how much are you willing to compromise your core values to get people to like you and you know i think most people you know it's a it's a balancing act of course and and you know we certainly all know that you know, there are certain things you don't say to certain people and, you know, so whether it's politics or religion or, or whatever. But again, here, do we need others to affirm that we're OK? It makes right. me think of that. Uh, what was his name? Something Stuart Smalley. Uh, uh, you remember yeah. that character? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Al Franken's character, right? Or, um, and, and gosh, darn people like yeah, me. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and that seems to be what it's all about for Lacey. I don't know if I think it's the same for Nene. I mean, I mean, I guess you could argue that um, there's always somebody rated higher than you, right? Right. I mean, Nene, what is she a four point eight? So, is she trying to impress? The 4.9s are there 5.0s? I guess they, they say, you know, that when she um talks when she's talking to her coach or whatever, which is hilarious. Yes, she oh, has yeah. the coach for this. Um, you know, and they say something about all the fives that are going to be there. So, yeah, there's fives, right? Now, you know, I, I think they really did a wonderful job in that opening scene of establishing this storyline you know the camera follows Lacey, who's played by bryce dallas howard and i was telling my wife uh you know this is an episode you might want to watch and she said well who's in it and i said bryce howard oh ron howard's daughter i'm like okay i didn't realize that did you not know that look i didn't know that so i looked it up and yep (laughs) um so she's this late 20s professional navigating a world in which people are constantly rating 
others. And, you know, it's just that constant uh, left to right swipe. I guess it was left to right. I guess it could have been right to left, but. Uh, well, that's the, the good um, one goes left to right and the bad. Oh, right, right, right. There you the go. other direction. Because right. your brother, I and, love how our brother just kind of, he's at the window. He just, you know, does it like an exaggerated gesture and like. It can be something as simple as posting a cute cat picture, hoping that people will give you a five-star rating, which, you know, enough of those and, and your rating goes up. And, and uh, of course, that's what she's doing. I forget what she posts, pictures of, I don't know, flower. I, I can't even remember now what, what it is she's posting. Well, the, the, but, the one picture she, I, I don't know if, I think that might be the, uh, the brushed suede latte. And then she has like a little uh, cookie that she kind of, you know, chews it just so, so it lines up with her coffee and everything for, you know, like, like you said, taking that, that perfect picture, you know. Right. With the assumption that it's going to generate five star likes because just a, just a a four star, it's like, well, what did I do wrong? And I like that one dude, that one dude, who gave her only two stars. It's like, I don't think that was a meaningful encounter. Yeah. <laughs> and on the one hand, she's thinking you dick. Right. But, but I think we're thinking like, well, he's right. It, I mean, on the one hand, it was an encounter. Right? It was meaningful, I guess to her, but yeah, it, do we have to rate everything? And, and I guess, that's one of the questions that we're expected to grapple with as well. Um, I mean, we're constantly rating people, you know, even if it's not officially um, right. on our smartphones. Well, like for that but, one, you know, I just said, I mean, there is some justification for that guy doing that because even though we feel terrible for her at that moment and realize every time someone rates her down, she's getting the double you know, uh, <laughs> right. The double, double point ding bonus. on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like she mistakes this superficial pleasantry with actual kindness and it's not right. And the one guy who could give a crap because he's just working at some car rental place. Like if you're going to be superficially pleasant to him, he's like, no, that's, that doesn't count. Right. And, and I mean, again, I, I don't want to drag politics, so I won't name the individual, but, but there's a politician in the United States who anybody with a brain cell understands this individual is totally transactional. I'm only going to do something if I get something out of it. And that's kind of what we've got here, this whole transactional society. I'll rate you if you rate me. If I rate you five stars, the expectation is you're going to rate me five stars back. Right. And you can see and when, her. You know, she holds her phone and does the, the ring, you know, and she's looking expectantly at the other person like, okay, now your turn, you know. And most people, you know, it's, it's obviously courteous, I guess, to, to do that. But, you know, when things start going badly and she gets below a certain level, uh, the, that courtesy, you know, starts to run dry. Yeah. Now we see her looking at the, you know, the, the new place to, uh, uh, she hopes to live, you know, you know, we, we, we get a, a, a look at the, uh, 
complex in which she'd like to move since she and her brother are, are being kicked out of their apartment. I guess they're going to you know, sell it, rent it to somebody else, whatever. We don't really know. Well, they have but, a landlord. So apparently the landlord's fine, found, we assume, higher rated people that, to, to rent it out. Oh, right. Right. So I guess one of the questions, can he charge more money if the tenant is rated higher or does it work to the inverse that that the higher the rating because if she would be a four or five she'd get that rent reduction as a prime influencer right so i I guess i have the answer to my question now this came out in 2016 you know now youtube especially in and and i don't know maybe instagram i don't really do instagram again i have an instagram account and anybody that no well, nobody follows me because i don't have i've never posted anything on it but you know all of these social influencers that are on youtube and and you know again full disclosure i follow a lot of the the guys that that have guitar channels and and bass channels and and uh, you know one of the big things these days is uh, the the companies have have figured you know what it's worth our while to send this dude you know an $800 guitar which probably only costs us $200 to make he's going to do a review on it on his channel he's probably going to feel obligated to uh you know give us a pretty good right. review and 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 we let him keep it so my friend my son has a friend down in college park who apparently is very very popular on on YouTube or Instagram or something I don't even know uh, but yeah, she gets sent stuff all the time. You know, he's like, he's like every day, like they, people send her stuff to try and endure. So yeah, that's like a, that's a thing for sure. So I, I guess I was wondering in 2016, I'm sure it was a thing. I wonder if it's really exploded over the last few years, and and uh, you know the uh, Black Mirror writers were just kind of a bit prescient but but regardless it's definitely <laughs> not anywhere back near. There. i remember my daughter okay when she was little watched the show i thought it was the most inane show called we are the davises and it was all on youtube it was just this family and they would just go to places and do stupid sh- stuff <laughs> and each you know all of them with a, a phone like holding their phone into their face and it's, like doing like challenges and stuff it was just so dumb like i was like oh my god like how can you watch but she loved it well i mean as this episode is going along you know her desperation uh for approval gets more pronounced and and as her consultant tells her your biggest problem is your inner circle aren't rated highly enough so getting a five from them doesn't count as much as getting a five from nene or a member of her inner circle. And, and of course we see her continually looking at the socials of this woman and we don't necessarily know who she is. I mean, we recognize her as Alice Eve, the actress. And yes. dude, you remember why Alice Eve is important to uh, sci-fi TV rewatch? I remember that she was in Star Trek into darkness and we actually right. talked about the famous underwear scene. Exactly, which was uh, relatively controversial at the time. I'm, I don't know if it still is. I mean, that you know, I guess that movie's now ten years old or thereabouts. But, uh, but yes, and then we learned that you know the two were childhood friends. 
But I think they both define the word friend differently. Right. As her brother points out, she was always mean to you. And there's nothing we see in this episode that would make us think her brother's wrong. Right. Oh, you know? right. Well, exactly. They, they admit it. They both admit it uh, to each other. And, you know, and, and your brother's like, well, she effed Greg. And she's like, she did not F Greg. Even though she's saying that she can't get it out, you know, and she's like still, even in front of her brother, she's being so fake and, and, and trying to maintain this this outer um, aura of of kindness and, and everything but uh right but but it, you know the, this brainstorm that she has if i can go to this wedding it, it's rife with 4.5 plus people and this is the way i'll i'll get my rating up and she stupidly makes a deposit on the apartment, yeah. which I'm sure is probably non-refundable, and you know we don't necessarily see. But even the brother well, she doesn't says, get a room. Like, is that refundable? It's like you didn't, you didn't really. You know, he just can't believe it because he knows, like, right. it, her. This is like a pipe dream of hers to to even be able to to exist in this place. Right, right. Well, at the end of the episode, she does have a new place and three yeah. squares a day. So, <laughs> right. Well, that, that's the you know. Um, Oh, I had a thought. Well, you know, again, it's just part of this idea of like her, of of what she actually wants in life, right? When she's with the truck driver, uh, Cherry Jones from Su- Succession, by the way, like basically the tr- the truck driver says, "Well, what do you what do you want?" You know, and she just she kind of wants to be a place where she doesn't have to do. She thinks that she she can get a high enough ranking. That she won't have to like grind every day like she does. She doesn't have to go out and smile at everyone like she does. Well, the reality is, of course, she'll have to, right? Like, she, there's right. N- there's never going to be a time when she'll be like, okay, now my ranking is high enough that I can just cruise, right? That would never happen. So it's really, ironically enough, at the end when she is quote unquote taking her nosedive, when she has fallen to her lowest depths. Is actually when she she gets what she wanted, which is to be able to 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 be free of of all the BS of of this whole society. Yeah, but is it that she didn't know she wanted it? I mean, should we look at it like that? Because I I, I think at the beginning of the episode, she's just totally immersed in this system and and she's clearly not alone i mean right that that's certainly everybody at her work is that poor guy who's buying everybody chester lattes because his rating is 3.2 and then you know we see her rating taking a nosedive as you know does her whole uh you know emotional persona but not only does his take a nosedive, it goes so low, they won't even let him in the damn building. Right, right. And that's, the th- you know, again, like I said before, like, in this society, you know, it, 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 the assistance goes to those who need it the most, right? And sure. once you fall below a line, it's, you know, it's, it, I think, I would, I would say that is the way in which this episode completely, utterly mirrors American society today and that, you know, those who have the advantages are built into a system that continues to give them those advantages and help them out and, and grease the way 
for the the wealthy, but the people on the other end, society makes it much more difficult for them. It makes it near impossible to get out of the the cycle of poverty. And you know, it's, they don't. It doesn't. This episode doesn't do it in terms of you know poor and and wealthy. But I, I to me, that's exactly what is kind of being represented here. Uh, this one group of people who can get the the discounts on places, who can get nice things for free and everything because they're part of the elite, whereas the people on the other end can't even get a, a car with a proper charging port on it. You know, right? And and, and just the whole descent that we see her on, she finally is forced to hitchhike. A woman trucker stops, offers her a ride, but she doesn't want to take it because of the woman's, you know, 1.2 or I forget what it is, 1.4 rating. And we're thinking like, all right, you haven't fallen far enough, clearly. Right. But then maybe she has because she does get in. And and the conversations the two of them have are my favorite parts of this episode. And- you know, how did it feel to yell at the airport, uh, uh, you know, woman at the counter who I, I we've seen her before. I can't remember. Oh, she was in, she was down. in USS Callister. Oh, you're right. Oh, okay. But I've seen her somewhere else, but maybe, you know what? Maybe that's, I think I she's been in lots but, of but, stuff, but most recently we just saw her last week. Okay. But you just, how did it feel? And it's, it's almost that question. Lacey doesn't know exactly how to answer it you remind me of me the woman tells her i was a 4.6 once used to live for it and of course Lacey's looking at her like yeah bullshit mm-hmm. <laughs> you were a 4.6 please and and then we learn about that woman's story and her husband and again it, it goes back to the point you you've made twice now and and i think is so critical to this episode her husband has cancer but he gets pushed aside yep. for treatment yep. for somebody that's got better health care or a higher rating right. or yeah and and it just yeah i mean this is such a good episode I yeah. Mean, yeah, yeah you know yeah it really is and and there's just so much here well that's the thing you know like usually you know i think i speak for both of us when uh, an episode gets too heavy handed with the social commentary. That's usually kind of like we pull back from that a little bit, you know, like, ah, it's a little too, but for this one with the social commentary it's right there from in every second of the episode, but it just works so well. It's so well written. It just, just nails it. Yeah. And I'm not going to specify which of our uh, three feedback uh, offerers said this because I'm sure I'll get it wrong, but one of them <laughs> pointed out that uh, Michael Shore wrote the first half of the episode and Rashida Jones the second half that was of the Alan episode. From Minnesota, I believe. Was okay, which I I found fascinating as well, and I you know I'd have to go back and watch it again, which I'm probably not going to to notice or or to see if I could notice where that line of demarcation might actually be but as you said it all of this heavy social commentary is handled so deftly that we know we're getting it 
but we're fine with it. You know, we don't feel as if we're being bludgeoned the way some shows, you know, right. want to do. Which we kind of are. Like, when I really think about them, like, they did kind of, it's, but they didn't, I guess the word bludgeon, though, because it didn't, because the, the, the story, because we root for Lacey so much, right? We just, we, we kind of, even though we see her world as crazy, you know, we, we're still pulling for it, right? How about the group she grabs a ride with in the oh, camper the going to the, <laughs> yeah. And you're thinking, like, all right, so she did a little bit of research. She, she's pretty quick. Let's see how long she can, extend this out no not very long no and they they kick her out i hope your show gets canceled yeah right (laughs) i've never seen your stupid effing show i hope they cancel it i'm like ouch (laughs) but fans of genre hate that that phrase that's such a curse but she finally gets to the gated community where the wedding is being uh held she can't get in because nobody under 3.8 is you know, allowed in. Well, so she's that's got great. A, she rolls up. She's on the ATV. She's got the helmet on, and she's right. just kind of looking out from beneath the brim. That is such a great visual. Like in in addition to like the really the good script, like the direction here was was fabulous. Yeah, right. And then she gets to the reception finally, <laughs> g- grabs a mic to Naomi's horror, and proceeds to start her speech. Yeah, and and she's just so pitiful visually emotionally her makeup's running down her face the groom's trying to get her off stage and she's you know running she starts sobbing as people start downvoting her and then that line i always wished i was you and just when we thought she couldn't go much lower and i guess that's why you kept me around so long yeah exactly were you going to say um, that? I'm sorry if I stole your. No, no, oh, no. Okay. Just, just yeah, and. But she's still I, not I, done, though, right? Yeah, like she delivers I know. that line. She, after that, she grabs the knife and she's like, "I'm getting the Mister Rags." <laughs> I think that's like, here. This is the really important part. You're all going to love this part. This this central metaphor that I've built this whole speech around. Just wait till you hear this, yo. Know? Like, but no. Um, so uh, you know, the final scene, she's well. Before we before we go off, okay, of these go scenes, ahead. There's a couple of things. Um, okay, first of all, she finally admits she effed Greg uh, when she realizes she's she's done for. She's hit rock bottom, and then she just you know screams out like the the accusation that if we remember before she denied to her brother. Um, and my absolute favorite shot of this show, maybe of of all Black Mirror, is her. Arms behind her back on the ground, and she's still kind of like craning her neck toward the microphone to try and get the last words of her speech in. God damn. Bryce Dallas Howard is she is a, an amazing actress, as well as director and writer. I mean, she is an incredibly talented individual, but that that's scene there of her just still even as she's being handcuffed, still trying to to get her speech out. Every time I see that, it just cracks me up. I was looking. She's married to an actor, and now I forget who it is. Somebody that I I know, and I, th- I think you know as well. Well, I'm not going to look it up. I'll, you know, probably cause my uh, computer to shut down or something. But uh, I'll have it for you. Okay, so so we get to that final scene. She's been arrested. Uh, 
it looks like she's had her lens implants Taken removed out. Yeah, yeah. before being placed in a cell. Well, so now we she's don't out know. completely. Like she can't, she's totally out of the system now, right? Right. You mentioned her finally removing the bridesmaid dress and she notices the guy in the next cell and she swipes an imaginary phone before confronting him. And then it's just wonderful. The two of them just start insulting each other. And we don't know why he's there. Is this, you know, the the jail cells for, you know, people that commit social media faux pas or, you know, we don't know what. So what you know who is. Bryce Dallas Howard is married to? My friend, who uh, Seth Gable, right who from Fin from Fringe, from Fringe exactly, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, what else about this episode we haven't covered oh, yet, man? Um, well, yeah, so the first time I saw this, right, I kind of, at the end I thought, oh, this is like a tragedy. You know, like she started off at this place, she she's fallen from grace. And now all she has to do is the, – the only thing she has in front of her is to, to yell obscenities at this guy across the, the little narrow hallway there in jail. And then when I was watching it again, I realized, oh, when they're – you know, that montage of going back between her face and his, well, she's smiling. You know, like she's actually – you know, I think in, in the end, at the very end – she finally realizes that now she's free. She's actually at that place where she wanted to be before, which is a place where, you know, she doesn't have to care about what other people think of her, what other, how other people rank her. You can just right. scream F you at the guy across right. the way. Yeah. Right. Now, on the other hand, though, does it matter? I mean, what are her options? I mean – you know, we don't really know what her brother does for a job. All we see him is hanging out playing video games right. at, at home. We know the woman trucker, that's the job that, that she takes. So, so you know, on the, on the one hand, we're saying now you're free. But what does that actually mean? We don't know. You, you, right. you know, okay, step one, you're free, but you you know have you put yourself in just a different prison or you know is it even though she is now going to be denied like the trappings of the previous world and all the superficial amenities of it is she still going to be happier and better off even though maybe her job won't be as um as you know she won't have as quote unquote good of a job or she might not have as quote unquote nice of an apartment right um you know the, the trucker says it's um you know she said shedding those efforts it was like taking off tight shoes that from her perspective right that it, her life now is better um, yeah sure you know right that you know all the um you know all the all the, the constantly having to be someone else putting on that fake face um all of that, uh, you know, was a burden, an unbearable burden for her. Right. Because we don't want to, you know, set this expectation that to be happy, 
you have to make a lot of money. You have to have a job with quote unquote prestige. Right. Because of course that's not true. All right. What else? Um, you know, when she's talking to Nene and when she's in the apartment with her brother and just his, you know, seeing that third person, because before we just see the world through her eyes, but now we get to see her from an objective, a more objective standpoint and all the, the screaming that she does with her brother looks like, what the hell? Um, and everything. And then, you know, he calls her a sociopath. Um, he was, he was a nice kind of like outside commentary that we got to see like someone who is cognizant of of what this world is like but is outside of it and and therefore able to to comment on it the great chorus yeah yeah absolutely i'm sure that's what they had in mind uh there's two 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 smart people there so we got a couple uh another big uh cameo here is paul the 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 groom james norton uh no 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 oh is james norton might be the groom's friend yeah maybe yeah maybe but i know we got paul as alan richson who oh no james norton is her brother i'm sorry right yeah 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 yeah, yeah, right but alan richson plays uh hank in titans the hero hawk and he's also has his own show now, a pretty popular one called Reacher, which I'm kind of surprised I haven't seen yet. Uh, here it's awesome. Um, so that, that might have to be like the next uh, series that I start. Um, but he was great in Titans. He, he was awesome. A bunch of TikTok uh, videos for Reacher have popped up in my Facebook feed. Oh, yeah. It does look... <laughs> Uh, someday I will watch it. Yeah, that's it looks pretty good. Yeah. For that kind of show or movie. Right, right. right. What's up? Oh, just one thing about, like, I mean, Bryce Dallas Howard is so great in there. And she's directed, um, you know, some of the – she's done uh, stuff for Disney+. Plus. Like, uh, she's done Andor or maybe The Mandalorian. She's done, I think, a couple episodes. Um, so she's really, like, super talented and everything. Another thing about her, and I just read this recently, is you know, she's in the movie Argyle now. And when she got the part, she called the director and said, listen, if you're looking for someone like smaller to play the part, I, that's not me. Like, you got the wrong person, you know? Like, that's that's awesome about just how, like, confident she is about, like, her, like, not having to be, like, that size negative two type dress body that i'm sure for the jurassic world movies i think she probably I'm, i guess that's they probably made her and, and that probably embittered her i would say to to now be like listen this is this is me and i'm not gonna freaking you know eat you know wafers for three months to to try and you know this is this is it if you don't like it f off you know i think that's great and just, she's just such a good actress like she's just Really good. I, I you know, I, I think I at, at first when she first popped up, it's just ah, it's Ron Howard's kid. You know, she's had her career handed to her on the plate. Um, she probably isn't really any good, but she is awesome. She's fabulous in this episode. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. So, oh, just the last with like you know Bethany the, in the in the um, the elevator every day, and just they're completely superficial 
conversations and they're you know looking at each other's profiles to see you know what their other the other person is doing so they don't really have an interest in each other they don't really know anything about each other they just kind of look at each other's what would be like your facebook page and just say oh i see you went to a party the other day or something you know, like so her inner circle is low to mid-range folks she needs to get upvotes from quality people authentic gestures that's the key all right um i think i'm done dave Okay. All right. Well, let's get to listener feedback and we'll be right back. Hello to Dave Wayne and everyone listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Alan from England here, mostly with feedback about the Black Mirror episode Nosedive. I just finished season one of Outlander. That certainly is a bold series in many ways. And I've enjoyed the cameos from various well-known Scottish actors along the way. Due to working away in London this week and having intermittent Wi-Fi, but also staying almost next door to a cinema, I've seen little TV, but three whole movies. I've seen Poor Things, All of Us Strangers, and The Holdovers. All very good in different ways, but The Holdovers feels like a 1970s classic that you could re-watch many times. Like Wayne, I've also recently seen The Kitchen which, a bit like Black Mirror, appears to be set slightly into the future, but with the kitchen, it isn't really dominated by technology. If anything, it's got a lack of technology, really. To Black Mirror, nosedive. I do think Black Mirror is at its best, and most relevant when it takes what is current technology and then just pushes it a little further into the future in a more dystopian situation. For many people, even today, living their best Instagram life is a big part of their daily focus. And getting that perfect shot of their face, family, pet or coffee is elevated almost to an art form. Speaking of coffee, this is the second episode in a row, in the way we're watching them, where the coffee brushed suede is mentioned, as it was also referenced in USS Callister. And when I Google it, I'm not really sure whether it's a real thing or only a thing that exists within uh, Black Mirror. In this episode, ratings are integrated further into society, business, and they limit access to jobs, buildings, locations, or even express lines waiting for services. There is, in fact, something a bit like this in parts of China called the social credit system which acts as a unified record system that measures and rates businesses, individuals and government entities to evaluate their trustworthiness. Even on the first watch, the episode title promised that Lacey's rating is going down, down, down. I was reminded a bit of planes, trains and automobiles with Lacey struggling to get to the wedding venue, especially when she loses it at the airline check-in and at the car rental place, with similarly negative consequences. When she gets a lift from that truck driver, it's like the first time that someone has questioned and started to lead her to question what's the point of trying to keep up or keep in with that popular crowd, where everyone's wearing pastel colours and fake smiles. I'm also reminded of a bygone time in Jane Austen novels, where the importance of reputation which in those days for a man was generally about being adventurous and achieving things, whereas for a woman it often related to being in the right circles, being seen with the right people, associating with 
those of the right sort, and associating with the wrong people could be socially damaging. In this future vision, we have a technology-assisted, hyper-accelerated version of the same kind of view. When she crashes the party, even on the rewatch, I thought there was going to be more consequences for Naomi, and that she would lose ratings and the support of her friends, but we don't really see that happen. Lacey just falls further and further down and ends up in some kind of jail, although, to be fair, she was brandishing a knife at some point. When she and that cellmate start insulting each other, we get some real honesty, as they don't have to pretend any of the social niceties, and then it transforms into a quite joyous, raucous and imaginative exchange as they both seem to relish roasting each other with ever more inventive and horrible but quite funny insults. Looking forward to the next episode, and wondering if there's any more brushed suede coffee involved, take care, Alan from England. Hey everybody, Alan from Minnesota here with feedback for the Black Mirror Season 3 premiere, Nosedive. Kind of cool that a couple of Parks and Rec veterans, Mike Schur and Rashida Jones, wrote the teleplay for this. It kind of feels like they gave it a different spin than the usual Black Mirror style, but I may be inserting that sensibility because I already know they wrote it. I can't remember my initial reaction to the episode, other than really liking it, before I knew that. It was interesting to learn just today that Short wrote the first part of the episode and Jones wrote the conclusion. I thought the beginning was stronger than the end, and Schur is certainly a more accomplished writer, so that makes sense. Speaking of NBC Thursday night sitcoms, and as much as I love this episode, hashtag justice for community, or maybe it should be hashtag justice for meow meow beans. Two years before this episode came out, another NBC Thursday night sitcom, Community, did a great episode called App Development and Condiments with a nearly identical premise. The 1 to 5 point scale people were rated on was characterized in terms of the number of meow meow beans with a Z, that people were rated, but otherwise it was eerily similar. The Black Mirror team has all insisted they were completely unaware of the community episode when writing this one, so I guess we just have to take their word on that. One thing Nosedive certainly deserves credit for, though, is the color palette. So well observed and left as a more subtle element for viewers to notice. The try-hard protagonist has curated her wardrobe and decor to the nth degree, in an attempt to be as appealing as possible, but she just never quite achieves what she's aiming for. The larger Netflix budget really allowed them to go all out with the production design by Joel Collins and James Foster, and it definitely shows on the screen. By the way, I had stated last week that USS Callister was the first Netflix episode, and I swear I read that somewhere, but it looks like this one, a season earlier, was actually the first. Alan from Minnesota regrets the error. I do tend to enjoy madcap depictions of people comically spiraling downward. I know there have been many examples of this in media over the years, but the one that comes to top of mind is the classic Jack Lemmon performance in The Out-of-Towners. Highly recommended if you haven't seen that. I just love how he's got his little notepad that he whips out to keep adding names of those he vow- loudly vows to file lawsuits against once his maddening ordeal is finally over. Looking forward to Hang the DJ next week. Great Smith song and great Black Mirror episode. See you all then. 
Hello Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with audio feedback 314 for the series Black Mirror, Season 3, Episode 1, the episode called Nose Drive. What am I watching? As said in the previous podcast, I watched the first episode of a short mini-series called Love and Death. In that series, Jesse Plimmons has a major role together with Elizabeth Olsen... And I came to that because Jesse Plymouth plays Robert Daly in the previous Black Mirror episode you covered. And I did watch the whole miniseries of seven episodes. And that could be something for you, Dave. It's uh, quite a criminal and legal series. And Elizabeth Olsen really plays a great, great role there. And what am I watching more? And that's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 5. I got stuck there. So I'm now listening to The Sandbox, a Colden Spiral Media podcast you did together with Mike, Dave. And enjoying Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, going back to last week's podcast, I have a kind of little blooper there. And and uh, I forget which Alan. I'm pretty sure it was one of the Allens. I've got it in my notes. You know, you know, points out the whole thing about Kirk as the womanizer versus Daly as the womanizer is that for the most part, the women that Kirk goes after have free will. They can say no, right. in that generally they say yes because hey, it's Kirk. It's just right. Kirk. Kissing uh, all the female characters is, of course, a joke and referring to Captain Kirk, who was always kissing all kinds of ladies. But that was more out of kind of free will, whereas here it's kind of violent. Pretty sure it was one of the Allens. Pretty sure it was one of the Allens. Yeah, Dave, you're completely right. Allen from the Netherlands. Sorry, Dave, I couldn't resist. I'm actually quite happy that I'm not the only audio feedback giver and I'm very happy Alan from Minnesota and from England are getting a kind of regulars as well. You all talked about DNA as a basis for cloning the personalities into the sim. I fully agree that wouldn't work. But if you look to Foundation and you see the Cleon clones where there is a combination of genetic cloning as well as feeding these clones constantly life experiences of the present Cleon clone, then you get somebody who can take over immediately if something happens to the ruling Cleon. Okay, let's get into Season 3, Episode 1 of Black Mirror, Nose Drive, of which I don't understand the title actually. I'm getting more and more convinced that the team of Black Mirror is an underdog position demonstration because I saw that in the first three episodes of season one that I watched as well as in the previous episode, the USS Callisto. The lead character in this episode, called Lacey, is of course also a woman that has been teased in her youth and is trying to establish her position on the social ladder. First I was expecting that the end would be okay, so that eventually if she would arrive at the wedding and she would tell her story that she would win over everyone's hearts and would get high scores. But yeah, it seems to be Black Mirror, so it ends badly. Although feeling the freedom of just insulting somebody else must have been quite liberating. 
talking about an open society where everybody judges everybody, the prison cells were, by the way, also very open, transparent even. Did you recognize, by the way, the airport stewardess? She was also in the previous episode, played by Michaela Coel. And Lacey's brother was played by James Norton, by the way, who is Hugo Swan in The Nevers. The character I liked most was actually the female truck driver, who didn't bother about her scores anymore. But you saw how devastating the effect of that was, because Lacey didn't dare initially to get in with her into the truck, just because she was a 1.6 or something like that. Although I think some 4.7s are more awful people than this 1.6 lady. In the beginning of the episode I really got annoyed and repulsed by the whole system. Well, I'm an MD, PhD, associate professor, I have a good salary, I live in a nice part of town, but we don't have a car for instance. Which is crazy in the part of town where I live where people have two or sometimes even three cars. I myself and my children don't wear any real brand clothes, etc. Well, they did have some problems in school, partly because of that. But they didn't want to, even. The money is there, but we just didn't fold in into these crazy societal, social pressure things. Last remark is that it is quite, for a part, reminiscent of Brave New World especially the ratings you see within your eyes in Brave New World that was A, B, C, D, etc. Okay, that's all. Greetings. All the best. Fred from the Netherlands. All right, Alan in England, checking out Outlander. As I've said on numerous occasions, I've only got great things to say about Outlander. Acting's outstanding. I think the series handles time travel really well. So, uh, yeah, Alan, keep us posted. Uh Unfortunately, Netflix doesn't have all the seasons yet, so you have to, uh, I guess, go to stars or else just burn through them and then just wait till they show up on Netflix. Um, You still haven't seen Outlander, right? I have not, and um, I I went to cancel uh, Paramount Plus, and they offered me another two free months, so I (laughs) kept it for another two months. So maybe I should go and watch Outlander now while I... I, uh, have that uh, showtime because it's showtime right uh it is stars oh stars i ah, forget that right and, well the first four or five seasons are on netflix right so you know that's 40 50 or so episodes but uh uh i love the jane austen illusion alan makes and that and, was and, that was really know, good i think that's a really good one you know and and I wrote in my notes about, you know, that that we've kind of come full circle with the importance of social standing, but I don't know if that's even necessarily accurate. I mean, it's certainly different now than it was then, and and I guess probably always will be, unfortunately. So, yeah. you know, but 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 yeah, know, it's such a big deal of, of the consequences of like the wrong marriage or something like that in Jane Austen, right? That, you know, they, these women don't have the freedom to be with whoever they want. They have to, they have to like really make very careful considerations of who they associate with and certainly who they marry. I thought that was great. I, I, didn't I think mentioned about that, that show. 
Yeah. I mentioned that show that we're watching, Lady in the Black Veil. And as I said to my wife last night, as, as we got to the midway point, because a similar situation, she's forced to marry somebody that, you know, was thrust upon her. And, and you know, fortunately, she ended up falling in love with him. But still, we're at a point now where I said to my wife, you know, the second half of this show better be about revenge. <laughs> Just saying. But Alan in Minnesota, have you seen the movie The Out-of-Towners? I have not, but I, I want to see it. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's a great movie. Um, God, gosh, it must be in about the early 1960s. I meant to look it up, but uh, um, yeah, great, great film. Reference right on the money. Uh, now, were you aware of the, the, the community episode that, that he brings up? Yeah, I remember and, it. And yeah. the similar, okay, that's not one that I had seen I, or, or certainly didn't remember it. I, I, I mean, I know I saw it and I remembered it when Alan, I, I didn't, hadn't thought of that before um, watching this, but what, as Alan was talking about it, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember that episode. Community was such a good show. Oh, yeah, I, I got to get, you know, start at the beginning. I mean, I, I've seen, like I said, maybe eight, eight or 10 episodes at, at the most. Uh, and, you would love and, it, dude. It's so funny. Modern yeah. Warfare is still uh, maybe the funniest well, half hour I've ever seen. Of television. Well, I have seen that. Yeah. Uh, I have seen that for sure. And then, of course, Fred checks in. Oh, uh, what, Fred, just one sorry thing about, about like the, the two Allens, yeah. first of all. I would just like to put in my choices of movies that I compared it to. Um, so I compared it to one Risky Business. Right. Okay. Um, another one where you know just things just compounding, getting bad, 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 um, and in the end, the the hero ends up kind of a little bit at rock bottom, but then learns from it and everything. Not quite the same. Another one that you probably haven't seen, but is a, I love this movie is Road Trip, and again, similar situation. Um, a guy's worried his girlfriend's going to cheat on him. She's at a college across the country, so he and his buddies. Uh, want to make a road trip out to kind of stop her as well as actually the sure thing is another good one like kind of like the same kind of theme and uh you know and like i said the, everything just starts compoundingly getting worse and worse and worse until the end but uh and of course they're comedy so things turn out well in the end but um those were the ones that i thought of when i thought about this episode all right now fred apologize about the feedback attribution mix-up and then Fred mentions the the title of the episode, and I'm not sure, Fred, if you misread it, because I believe you are calling it Nose Drive. Yeah, and and, I think so. and again, I apologize. Yeah. Okay. Because it makes perfect sense to me, Nose Dive, because that's you, that's what happens you know she right she just takes this this descent and and uh um just you know crashes and burns and yeah. you know, so another time it's like in, in english it's like when a you know a, a plane is in free like landing and crashing the ground you know nose first right right the front right. plane first so right. then it just replies uh implies any kind of uh sudden violent fall 
Right. And uh, she clearly spirals into a nosedive. Now, Fred, you mentioned that show Love and Death with Elizabeth Olsen. And and my wife and I have had that on our radar for several months. I believe that's on Max, if I'm not mistaken. So we still have Max and uh, and Fred. Thanks for the uh, shout out with the sandbox and your uh, finishing up Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which, yeah, it's uh, been a while since I heard the reference to the old sandbox. That's yeah. That was a good so, podcast uh, you guys did. Ah, uh, thanks. So what, uh, any final thoughts on any of the feedbacks? Um, just with Fred's, I totally agree that, you know, he talks about how the society is reliant on like buy-in, right? Like everyone's got to participate in this or, you know, it fails. And so like someone like, like Lainey, they need to get her out of society, right? They need to take out her implants and everything. Um, make her, you know, a an outcast uh, because if there's more people like her who reject the you know the niceties of of the society, then the whole thing falls apart. Right now, we don't really see who benefits financially from this system, but clearly, there's got to be somebody. Yeah. So, well, like kind of like our. our System. I mean, the influencers certainly benefit, and the clearly materialistic society that this is, like the you know the companies that create the things for the consumers, are going to financially benefit too. All right. Um, I don't think there's any question. This one gets an A from me. Yeah, for sure. Probably we'll close to an A. But uh, this might be my favorite Dark Mirror uh, episode. Uh, sorry, Black Mirror. Um, just because it's no international assassin, right? Dude. It's no international assassin. If, if I'm going to have, if I'm going to have a greeting scale, then I got to stick with it. You know, but uh, yeah, I, I just I love this episode. It's just I, it's very enjoyable. I, I, Bryce Dallas Howard is just awesome in it. All right, um, leave it there. Yeah, yeah, we leave it there. All right, well, listen, that will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Black Mirror, maybe your favorite episode. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll publish the list of the, the last five we're going to do. We've only published the list of the first five. Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. We'll be back next time to discuss the Black Mirror episode. Hang Mike Pence. No, I'm sorry. Hang the DJ. <laughs> but until then. So, uh, Dave, I got a message from Podbeater. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, to analyze this, man. I'm not sure what to make of this. Um, I don't know if it's just them being passive aggressive or what, but it said, we recommend you avoid negative feedback at this time.